welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and today I'm not here all alone. I actually have a friend with me. It's Dale from the new Star Wars podcast. It's true, all of it. How are you going? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me over on this cold winter's day. It is so cold. It is freezing. It was snowing um, at a footy match in Canberra last night. I'm here in thermals. This is ridiculous. Come on. Come on, Australia. What are we doing? What are we doing? It shouldn't be this cold, should it? No, I've had enough of it already and we need to get spring going. So enough of these cold freezes. Yeah, I'm I'm well over it and and people I'm known at work. I'm very well known at work. I have a blanket at my desk. I walk around in two, if not three, jackets. So, yeah, I'm over winter. I don't do winter. But the thing is, even in the middle of summer, sitting on my couch, I will have blankets on my legs. I'm pathetic. Pathetic. Anyway, so let's think about and talk about what we've been watching in the world of geek. I might start with Dale because I've got a rant coming up. So, Dale, what have you been watching? I've got a rant too. So I started watching Another Life, which is the new Netflix series uh, that stars Katie Sackhoff. And everyone loves Katie Sackhoff. She was awesome in Battlestar um, and pretty much most things she's in, even if the shows are a little bit below par, she always seems to, um, you know, elevate the shows and with her performance and that sort of great personality. But this one is a stinker. I am known for really sticking out a show. Uh, even when I don't always like it, it's just a endurance or a, I'm a completist. I'm not sure what the saddest, whatever I am. Um, but yeah, this one I couldn't get past four episodes. And if someone can tell me what the hell is going on, it, everyone in the show was just, well, an asshole. really. They were just like unlikable characters that were screaming and yelling at each other, trying to murder each other. And then the next minute working as a team, it was, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, I know that keep watching a show well beyond you, you're liking it. I'm, I've been known to hate watch. I know I hated that last season of Girls and probably the season before that. Maybe the season before that. Maybe even the season before that. Did I ever like Girls? That is a very good question. Or was I just watching for Adam Driver? Yeah, I was probably just watching for Adam Driver. Yeah, that was probably it. But yeah, that hate watch. The hate watch. So you want someone to basically send you the cliff notes of what happens on the show or will you bother reading it on Wikipedia? Uh, don't even care at this stage. Ooh, burnt hard. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. But yeah, so I started with that. But then uh, on the other uh, spectrum, there's something really good I stumbled across on Netflix called Prospect. I don't know if you've heard of this, Catherine. Okay, well, um, sci-fi, so I thought, give it a go. Turned it on. It's a movie, um, and it's kind of uh, future sort of prospectors uh, on various planets looking for these jewels. It's quite interesting. But then Pedro Pascal turns up, and he's just so good. 
He's so great in this. There's a young girl that, uh, look, I can't say much about the plot. Watch it for yourselves. It's a pretty br uh, short movie. Um, but there was a young girl that's in it as well, and the two of them have great chemistry. He is just fantastic. It's got me so excited for The Mandalorian. Ooh. So, is he good looking in this? Well, he's always good looking, isn't he? So, do you reckon he'll take the helmet off in The Mandalorian? This is the big question. Will he take the helmet off? I demand he takes the helmet off. Uh, look, I think you need, uh, for a film you might get away with that, but for an extended series, we need to see him emote and he can't do that with the helmet on. So, you reckon this is a good movie to watch in the lead up to The Mandalorian? Uh, yeah, look, uh, just to see him do something and in the sci-fi genre, uh, it's not the best sci-fi film I've seen, but it was a nice, pleasant surprise because I had not heard much about it or anything and it wasn't complete rubbish. Yeah. Uh, and apart from that, I've been watching James, James Cameron's The Story of Science Fiction. I don't know if you've caught this yet, Catherine. No, I think it sounds vaguely familiar, but I'm not quite sure if I've watched it or not. Yeah, look, it's um, James Cameron interviewing the who's who of science fiction. So you've got George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, everyone, cast of Star Trek, um, you know, every possible uh, person you would want on this type of show. Uh, there's some really great uh, conversations and then there's uh, little mini documentary moments. So each episode details a genre of science fiction from space opera to time travel, um, you know, alien invasion, and, and it'll talk about the films, mostly film, um, a little bit about books as well uh, that cover and have done this well, these subjects well. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, now you talk about it, I think I have caught caught it like either all of it or at least bits and pieces of it so yeah it's a good one to um find where's where was that one um ah okay we we sailed the mighty seas did we so we have to in this country in defense of myself i so rarely do but um ahoy hardies <laughs> <laughs> anywho so what i've been watching so those of you who follow That Geek Pod on Twitter, you know what's coming. But let's start with some positive. I started a show called The Rook. So it was based on a book of the same name. I have to say that The Rook had a really great premise. But then the book sort of oh, I lost enthusiasm with the book as it went on. But the show, it took that first premise the names and after the first 20 minutes or so change things up so it's it's been really good i um got up to date all last night and yeah really enjoying it yeah so that's on stan here in australia i think it's by stars um so the premise is this woman basically wakes up near the millennium bridge in london and these dead bodies are around her and she doesn't know what's happened and she puts her hand in a pocket, finds a letter that she's written to herself saying, you know, if you've woken up, hello, you're a new, the new me, you know, you were Miffany Thomas, 
and sort of goes into there. So yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that one. It, it's going places. So yeah, I was quite enjoyed that. Mm. That sounds like my cup of tea. So I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. So yeah, on stand. Um, so far, what was it? Six or seven episodes out. A couple more to go. So yeah, it comes out once a week. So yeah, that's good. Now. Let's talk about some Netflix Marvel shows. So, as you know, I've been watching all of these Netflix Marvel shows because of my internal deadline to watch them all. And I have to watch them all because, yes, I'm a completist. So, last time, I think I'd watched a couple of episodes of Iron Fist going, well, this is okay. You know, it wasn't great. But I was like overall going, why is it getting all this hate? But then this week I was homesick for a couple of days. So I was like, right, I can get through a lot of TV. So I proceeded to watch Iron Fist. Oh, my God, it was boring. It was really boring. So I'm going to go spoilerish with this I've been really good at not talking spoilers with the other shows because you know they're good and I want people to watch them but dudes don't watch Iron Fist it's bad it's real bad like it's bad like oh my god so at a certain point I realized I had one episode to go like one episode and I couldn't do it I, I went, nah, I've got to stop and I went and watched The Block. It was that bad. I went, oh, my God, I can't watch another show. And and I had – and, you know, in watching the show, I had the TV on and I was reading at the same time. Like, oh, my God. So nothing bad with the actors but the plot was just – it was boring. And and I think I should have dropped it, but they they had the main bad guys were the hand. So the hand is of course referenced a lot in Daredevil, and and you know had been like a, a major arc. So you go well that is going to be important leading into Defenders. So yes, I need to watch this. So for those of you who don't know, Danny Rand, our main guy. He, as a 10-year-old, in this private jet with his parents, they crash in the Himalayas. He gets rescued by monks and so he's brought up in a monastery and learns how to fight and becomes a warrior and then gains the power of the Iron Fist and then comes back to New York 15 years later after he's been declared dead and all of that to, and he's coming into his, his father's company and yada, yada, yada. Look, there was something there. There was something there. And to its credit, it had David Wenham in it, Diver Dan. So I'm all in for Diver Dan from Sea Change. Diver Dan, David Wenham, yes. But it was just so dull and so boring. I, I mean... They've got kung fu fights. This should be interesting. No, they weren't. Like, 
the fights in Daredevil were way better. So it wasn't just that the plot was bad or the dialogue was bad. They were bad. That the fights were bad too. Like, <sighs> nothing was good. Nothing. When the first episode's pretty mediocre, it's never getting better. <sighs> like, don't. Just just don't. But, and it was 13 episodes. So I've had this whinge before that I think Netflix shows ideally should about be about 8, 9, 10. And this is absolutely proving the point. 13 episodes of this was just a nightmare. Now, you're probably thinking, Catherine, what are you doing? You're homesick. Why don't you put on something good? Well, I have this bizarre thing where if I'm home feeling rubbish, I don't actually want to put on something really good because then I'll associate that really good thing with feeling rubbish. I don't want the association there. So a lot of times I'll just sort of be watching okay shows. Not brilliant, okay shows. This was bad. This was bad. But... Then I was frustrated because that second last episode actually ended with Danny Rand and Colleen Wing, I think her name was, Ming. I'm blocking it all from my memory. They're on the run from the DEA. So, yeah, I'm going full spoiler here. The Hand, run by Madame Gao, you know, from Daredevil, she was using the Rand Company to help her import her heroin with that little snake symbol that we saw in Daredevil. And long story, Danny Rand gets implicated in that um, in that importation. So DEA agents come to raid where, where they are and they are literally on the run. And that's where they end the second last episode. And I actually thought, well, that's actually a cool place to end a season. Because then you think, well, it's leading into the, def- the Defenders and then maybe for their second season they could spend a few episodes or half a season clearing his name or whatever. Oh, no. They then have one episode wrap-up where they just, with the ridiculous speed, like clear his name, he's all, he's all free, he's all done. Oh, my God. Um his lawyer is um, Jerry from Jessica Jones, so that's all, all more cool tying. And it's um, Carrie Ann Moss, so even more awesome. But, God, it was dull. It was so boring. Oh, my God. Um, but one sort of side rant I've, I'm going to have about all the Netflix Marvel shows is the time of things like the time scale so in Jessica Jones I know a considerable amount of time you know lapsed during the season because in the first episode you could see a trudging through snow and in in the last sort of few episodes you could tell it was summer so you know you know sort of five four five six months has passed but you can't really tell how long things have passed like everything feels like it's one day after another after another and it's kind of 
I can't put this into words, which is bad for a podcast. So you get very confused. So if everything feels like it's happening within one week, but yet it's actually happening over weeks, it, you end up going, but... No context. Yeah, no, no context. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous that there's nothing to give you an indication that time has passed. So in Iron Fist, at one point you see Danny Rand on the front of a magazine, you go, but he's been back in New York and back in the company for like two days. How is he on the cover of a magazine already? And don't we see virtually every minute of his day, when did he have time to go for a photo shoot? Like, I don't I don't get it. So please, in the future, can you have something to help me with the passage of time? End rant. In the future, so that means you're going back for more seasons. I don't know. So, after, so ex- listeners, please interfere here. We need to intervene completely and have a group intervention. If Catherine's going back for another round of this, we all need to step up and help her. Yeah, so bring out the, you know, how I met your mother intervention banner. So I'll watch Defenders because I've been looking forward to that. I'll definitely be watching the Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I'll probably do Luke Cage. But Iron Fist has burnt me so hard. I don't know if I can go back for season two especially as I know it's not leading to something now. And I don't know if I'll even try Punisher because I've been burnt so hard, like so hard. I have I – I don't think people can really – I have a very low bar, okay? I enjoy a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't. It's probably under, you know – Rules, not good. I did not enjoy this. This was the first thing on Netflix where I actively went, right, I'm going to go and actively give you a thumbs down. This is how bad you are. I Thumbs down. Thumbs down, Iron Fist. Thumbs down. Now, is there something on TV that you have liked? Australian Survivor. It's really good season. It's a really good season. I came in low expectations because they were repeating the theme from last season of champions versus contenders. But this has been really good, really good. So tell me about the champions or the the celebrities, whatever they're called. Uh, Okay, so this year sort of the villain so far had been Stephen Bradbury, but he's been voted off. Uh, But sort of the villain... We're following this year is supermodel David, who came to the the island in a leather jacket, <laughs> um, and of course the people's champion Luke Toki from Survivor season two thousand seventeen, which is one of the best seasons ever. On the contender side, we have Andy, who is an advertising executive and super fan who came in pretending to be a golf pro. So he's wearing like golf shorts, golf top and a visor. 
and it's a classic look. It is classic. But what's really good is that as a super fan, he's actually quite good at the challenges. So you, they don't really – they don't tend to cast people who are good at challenges who are also super fans. So, yeah, it's been really good. So here in Australia, you can catch up on um, Channel 10, catch up. In other places, you can sail those seas again and find places. Um, I can probably – pass on some links for you if you like now now I've ranted let's um, talk through a couple of things that got announced this week uh, Disney plus their pricing and packaging for America anyway got released this week so Disney plus with Hulu and ESPN coming out for like what's $12.99 a month, which is amazing. I think Disney Plus only was something like $6.99 a month, which is really, really good. And, of course, we're yet to hear anything for Australia, but it's still – it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, they also announced they'll be remaking – a few movies for the Disney Plus, including Home Alone. <laughs> yes, I did hear that. Now, is that going to be a film or a TV series? A film, a film. So, yeah, that that looks hilarious because all the socials just went crazy with it, wanting Macaulay Culkin being one of the um, the wet bandits, and of course Macaulay Culkin taking a photo of himself, going, "This is what." Home Alone really looks like now. Um, in movies that's come out or coming out here in Australia this week or it's making its Australian debut at Melbourne International Film Festival is a zombie comedy movie called Little Monsters. I mentioned this one because it was filmed in Australia or in New South Wales, I think, and it stars um, Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad. Well, Josh Gad is in it and there's also a few other recognisable Australian actors from like Cat Stewart from Offspring and things. Yeah, um, it sounds good and it's got a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I see. Yeah, yeah. So it they had a little bit of it on ABC News Breakfast the other day. So, yeah, I don't do scary movies but this one looks kind of interesting. But I, I still don't know if I can go and see it unless you go with me and hold my hand. <laughs> Done. Okay. Um, also, the Dark Crystal prequel is coming to Netflix later this month. And this is Sizzle for episode we'll be doing – I'll be doing next week. And, yes, Twitter people, you've won. I will watch the Dark Crystal movie and be scared out of my life. It was scary. All I remember from watching it in the 80s was big, creepy scariness. And And how old were you, Catherine? I don't know. But I'll be sure. Not much has changed. No. You know, when I get 
I remember growing up when I got scared or embarrassed, I'd hide my head in the seat cushions because we had this couch where it had like these big attached cushions so I could lift the cushion up and put my head underneath and hide. Or if I got really scared or embarrassed, I'd just run out of the room and maybe peer around the corner. And I have to admit, during episodes of Game of Thrones, when things got really tense, I ran out of the room. Yeah, I, that's what I do. Well, the Dark Crystal is not going to scare you. Um, it may have as a child, but you are missing a treat if you don't sit down and watch that as an adult. The artistry of the puppets is beyond belief. There's just something really beautiful about it. Um, the magic of the creatures and I don't know and it, it's there's that strong connection to Star Wars as well because there it is a Frank Oz film and he does a lot of the puppetry as well and um yeah I'm really thrilled that they've brought it back uh it's a long time coming and I believe you're talking to Philip from Trial by Stone so you are going to be speaking to a master of the Dark Crystal who there's not much he doesn't know Meanwhile, I'm a noob. So, anyway, let's... Star Wars. You've got a new Star Wars podcast. Uh, Yeah. Um, I thought, what does the world need? Another Star Wars podcast. Uh, No, it's my good friend Michael Zabo and myself, and we are doing a chapter-by-chapter review of Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. And that's sort of probably the first 10 to 15 minutes of the show. After that, we branch out to discuss, well, really whatever we want to discuss and interview a few people along the way. And we've gotten to know some uh, new people and uh, find out what they do. And it's been really interesting so far. Yeah, so you've have you used the um, themes of the book as you know, well, guiding or just... Free form. Yeah, we have uh, tried to sort of keep it somewhat uh, prequel-centric because that's where the book is set. And then we've gone on to do things like uh, character studies of the major characters that are in the book, uh, such as Dooku, um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, obviously, and then do a little bit of research into the actors and their careers and discuss some of their other films, um, giving them sort of thumbs up, thumbs down and... Um, yeah, then also the author's previous works because I just think she's an absolutely smashing Star Wars author and she's probably on my number one of Star Wars authors at the moment. She's, you know, it's hard to write a Star Wars novel um, and a lot of them really, you know, don't hit the target and she has had four books now and each one of them has been great. Yeah, yeah, she seems to be pretty much thought of as about the best author or and also the most consistent. I'm just trying to think. So she did um, Lost Stars, which is, I think, really good. It's meant to be like a young adult, but it's a really good book and really interesting from the two perspectives. Was it Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Bloodlines, and now Master and Apprentice. Yeah. So have you read many other Star Wars books, both this new canon and Legends? Uh, yeah, pretty much all of them. Um, you know how you are with Marvel TV shows that you don't want to let go? Yeah, that's me with the Star Wars books. And let me tell you, 
well, I think everyone knows they're not all good. You know, you're lucky if you get one in five that's really good. Yeah. And, you know, towards the end there of the EU, oh, God, it was rotten. And, you know, you've got 70-year-old Luke and Leia running around and Chewie being destroyed by moons and endless alien invasions and children and grandchildren. It just became so ridiculous and uh, it didn't resemble Star Wars anymore. So I was happy when the EU uh, hit the reset button because we've still got the good books from that. You can still go back and enjoy as a kind of alternate timeline universe and they can't be taken away. Um, but some of some of the new books I've really liked, but it hasn't been too many stinkers so far. Yeah, I've yeah with the old with the old EU. I mean, I can literally see my the original Thrawn trilogy over there. I loved them and got into quite a few of them. But I think was it the the courtship of Princess Leia or or. I don't know, one of those around there, I just went, nah, nah, no more. I can't do this anymore. It it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah, I agree with you that Star Wars books can be very up and down. Um, everyone knows that I love Catalyst. I think that was a really good, really good book. Um, I didn't enjoy the Lando was it the last shot. I don't think I've actually finished that. Like I really couldn't do it. Did you read Phasma? No. I, I'd recommend that. That's really good, and it fleshes out the character, and because it certainly wasn't fleshed out in the films, um, and gives a complete backstory, and also has a story for um, General Hux Hugs and his father, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because we read a bit about the Hux family in Aftermath, which I've got to admit I didn't love either. I think just the writing style didn't... kind of chaotic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think the first book I got frustrated with and then I I read the other two, but I wasn't invested. So it... It wasn't quite a hate read, but it was definitely a I'm reading this just to finish this type of read, which is a shame. Um, but, yeah, it it just sort of frustrated me. I did much enjoy the, the Claudia Gray books. Um, the Padme book, what was that one? Shadow. Yeah, yeah, so that was, that was good and really fleshed out what, the what the handmaidens job were was and so that was that was interesting so I'd sort of like to read a bit more about about them and I've just finished the Thrawn, the new Thrawn trilogy with with treason so yeah so it's good reading Timothy Zahn backing Star Wars again so I think it's fascinating that that Lucasfilm have gone Hmm, yes, we've shut down the old EU, but yeah, Thrawn was awesome. We're, we're bringing Thrawn back. Mm, and another character everyone keeps wanting back is Mara Jade. Any thoughts on that? Uh, 
I, I've got to wonder why do they want Mara J back? I mean, I liked her in the books from memory, but is there a particular reason why they want her back? I don't know. It's, it's a constant thing online with the EU fans wanting her back, but to me it doesn't connect with the new canon and Luke's story. There, it's very obvious that they, if Mara Jade comes back, it can't be the same character. It'd have to be that uh, Emperor's Hand version, but not the Luke's wife version. Yeah, the Emperor Emperor's Hand was a very cool concept, and I just sort of wonder whether we've sort of seen ideas of that with the um, Inquisitors, whether there's sort of that idea of force-trained or force-ability people going out there doing only answering only to the emperor so yeah that's sort of interesting yeah so what other things you can talk about on on your podcast well i've got some um ripper guests um we've got uh cameron from the rebel legion hoth base so he uh, has a details how to sort of go about getting your costume approved and what's involved and what the club has to offer. Um, we've got an interview with the star walking people, which was great. Um, spoke with Luke there and had a really good conversation. And then some other fellow podcasters like uh, Catherine from that geek pod, um, Josh from star Wars spelt out and the blue Panther guys. So yeah, just trying to sort of connect more with different people within the community and um, finding out more about Star Wars and why people love it and how they celebrate it. Yeah, because this is the great thing about Star Wars is that it appeals to everyone and it's just great fun, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, – I agree with you 100% and we've tried to keep it very positive. There's things that, you know, everyone – really doesn't enjoy about Star Wars. There's so much uh, from comics to books. You can't love everything. Uh, But we've just tried to focus on what we do like about it because there's more to like than there is to dislike. And to keep the positivity and the respect for other fans who, uh, you know, you don't want to be crapping on what the one thing that they love. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think what other... Star Wars novels I've read lately. Have you read any other... What other science fiction books do you like? Well, you can see growing up, I've got my David Eddings. Um, Love love those. Belgariad. I've got my um, magician with Raymond E. Feist or Feast, however you pronounce it. Um, I've got into the Expanse novels last year or so. Um, yeah, where can we watch the new seasons of this? Um, I'm wanting this back. I've got to season two and we've stalled here on Netflix. Of the Expanse? Yeah. Amazon have, has it now, I think. So I, I managed to get through season one of Netflix, then I went to watch season two and it disappeared on me onto I think Amazon so yeah I'm not thrilled because I'm really not wanting another streaming service although Disney Disney listen listen to me Disney I will pay for your your service just make it available because otherwise 
I'll be either having to fly to America all the time or I'll be sailing those seas again. You know, don't make me do it. But, yeah, though, it's such a bummer that things move services. It makes you kind of want those DVDs again. And, of course, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So if you open some of my DVD drawers over there, you will find the entire box set of Deep Space Nine, which, of course, is all on Netflix. So, yep. But big, chunky DVD boxes, which I would have spent a fortune on. A piece now? Yep. Yep. The big, chunky blue boxes, if any of you remember that, like, slot together. Yeah. So I would have spent a lot of money on those. And they're just sitting in my DVD drawer. But they're there for when I need them. And and that's all I can ask. That's all I can ask. Um, I do have a weak spot, though. Matthew Riley books. I know they're not good. But they're great light reading that I kind of just enjoy chomping through. Yeah, it, it's a weak spot. I really have a low bar. Yeah, I'm currently reading a book called Famous Men Who Never Lived and it's a first-time author called Kay Chess and I'm about halfway through that. I'm really enjoying that. Um, A book that I found a couple of years ago is a book called Wool and there's three books in the series and... I highly recommend it. It's really good. Yeah, I thought they were great books. Yeah, so this, I really want them to make some kind of series or something out of it because it is great. It's a really good book. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic book with some really brilliant characters, a great concept. Um, I'm surprised that not as many people know about it. it it was popular, but it wasn't a raging success. Uh, another good trilogy, I don't know if you've heard of, that I believe it is making its way to Netflix as a series, was a book called Red Rising. Have you heard of that? Yes, it sounds familiar. Don't know from where, though. Yeah, so it's kind of a um, space opera um, about class systems and people are designated by colours, so... Um, the red being the lowly workers on Mars and right up to these golds which have slaves and um, and it's about a red uh, turning himself through a series of intricate operations and training into a gold to bring them down from within and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so that sounds really good. I have to admit I'm probably more of a fantasy reader so I know at some point in time I'm going to have to start that Wheel of Time saga. Just how many, Is it like 20 books? Well, didn't Jess sort of throw down the gauntlet to all of us here? Yep. And yes, I'm going to do it. My brother has them. So it was, it was great for a few years there where... For his birthday and Christmas, you know, it was just, yep, Wheel of Time book, Wheel of Time book, Wheel of Time book. Um, because he moulded me in a lot of my book tastes because he had the David Eddings books and the Magician books and I would borrow them. 
at some point in time, he started charging me a gold coin. Like, so that's like a dollar or two dollars every time I borrowed a book. So I was doing this. Then my mum found out about it. Yeah, Betty was not happy. Mmm, Betty was not happy. And is your brother a banker now? No, no. The other good thing my brother did was that when we were quite a bit older, he he was probably in his 20s, so I was watching TV in his room. I left my shoes in there. He hid my shoes for two weeks. Two weeks. Yes, he's an older brother. Can you tell? Can you tell? So, yes, that's that's Megan Books. (laughs) My brother just moulding my taste. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You read and love those? No, I must say I've never read that. Um, More of the comedy bent, isn't it? And I tend to not like my sci-fi and comedy mixed. Although I know most people do like that. I'm just wondering whether I send Dale off with my with my books. I don't lend books out. I'm very particular about lending books out. This is a thing. Especially when I see people folding pages back without bookmarks. No, no, no. Or... Or even worse, folding the book back on itself, so breaking the spine. Animals. Like, who are these heathens? No. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, so they're some of my book bents. I'll, I'll probably have to have a deep dive novel talk one day, so... Hit me up if you want to deep dive on some novels with me. Um, I may have read it or give me time to read it. So, yeah, that'd be good fun. I'd be interested in what is the essential guide, like say top 10 must-reads of sci-fi fantasy. Don't make me pick 10. I'm no good at top 10s. Well, it doesn't mean we've read them. Like, obviously, Wheel of Time is something that neither of us have read that we know is always recommended. Mm. So it'd be interesting to sort of get that list and see how many of them we haven't read. Well, it's funny. Whenever those sort of list of 100 movies or 100 books, like, that you have to see or read come up, I'm always surprised at how many I have read and because I read just eclectic things so on my bookshelf right now there's Jane Austen next to like speculative fiction by John Birmingham there's um yeah David Eddings there's some Tolstoy is on there Stephen King um where's some other things yeah it's just a bit all over the place and my all my historic biographies are on its own like full bookshelf so yeah i'm i hit a lot of things I, the jack of all trades master of none yeah so where can we follow you on the socials at it was lowercase 
<laughs> I don't know. I can't remember them all. Um, you find me around a Twitter, bit of Facebook. That's about it. Everything except Instagram. Just that was one too many for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really do Instagram that well. But, yeah, I'll include your podcast Twitter on the show notes for people to follow. And so it should your show should be up as of what, day after this recording or, yeah, so you probably should be able to find it now on your podcasting listening thingy of choice. I'm, I'm so basic. I'm Apple Podcast Girl because I'm basic. Yeah. So you can follow the podcast at That Geek Pod on Twitter. Yeah, we're also on Instagram. Oh, I'll start using it again, I promise. Also on Facebook. And I'm Kath- at Catherine underscore Neen. I know, I need to do some kind of war of attrition against the Catherine no underscore Neen to get the Twitter handle. But I think I'm adjusted to the, to the underscore. I, I think I'm there. My brand is established. I don't think I can change Twitter handles now. Yeah. But at least it's my name, you know, at least it's my name. So, yes, hit us up on any of the socials and on my, our Gmail, thatgeekpod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show, lend your expertise on a topic or even if you just just want to chat about something random. That'll be all good. That geek pod will return. <laughs>